Hi everybody, episode five. Episode five of Ain't Broke, Don't Fix Me, the podcast with me, MEP. As always, you can follow me on social media at MEP, mate, uh, E-M-Y-P-M-A-T-E. This episode is called Mental Health, Music and Me, but me not actually being me, me being the guest, which is Ruti. Ruti was the winner of The Voice UK in 2018, and she is an insanely talented young woman, and it was great to sit down with her and have a really good conversation about what it means to her to be a, a biracial woman living in these times, and and how the Black Lives Matter movement, the death of George Floyd, and all the things that have happened recently, how that's been affecting her and her family. We also spoke about her new releases coming up. She's got new music coming out soon, which I'm I've, I'm very lucky. I've uh, got to hear her new single, which is bloody brilliant. Uh, we spoke about The Voice UK, her journey, how that affected her as a person, what she's learned from that experience. We spoke about Young Voices, we speak about a whole heap of things. And also, I would like to say thank you so much for all of the wonderful responses we've had off the back of the last episode, episode four, Growing Up Gay. Uh, that was a conversation I had with my friend, Rob Saunders, in celebration of Pride Month. And I felt really reminiscent and, and nostalgic after talking about some really beautiful and also some really heartbreaking times and what it meant for us to grow up gay. So I'm really glad that it, it was so well received. Isabel, who is the who produces this podcast, helps me do that. She pointed out that there may be times during this podcast, and it's important that I point this out because if it has happened in previous episodes and I haven't said anything, now's the time for me to say it. You might hear some shuffling or some moving around or, and stuff like that. Um, very openly talk about the fact that I've got ADHD and sometimes I can wiggle my legs a lot, click my fingers and often get distracted. Distracted so much that I've had to record this intro five times. Um, but that's enough talking from me. Let's go on with the episode. My conversation with Ruti called Mental Health, Music and Me, episode five. Isabel, play that track. Actually, from the beginning, when I started this podcast, we are rolling, by the way, aren't we, Isabel? We are. I thought I'd check just before I started the whole conversation. Um, from the second we put this podcast together, I really wanted to get you on because I thought it'd be really interesting to hear your perspective from the music side of things as well, because music has always been such a big part of, of my life and has been like a real sort of therapeutic tool as well. And I guess, has that always been the, the way for you? Has music always been that outlet for you? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, music and dancing always have been like a release from 
I don't really know because music and dancing is all that I've ever done. So yeah. music and dancing is a release often from music and dancing. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I get that. Um, but like, yeah, it's because I can't, I can't often, I, I often, especially in times, I almost feel like a pressure to feel like I should be more creative, especially during lockdown. I feel like I've had all this time off and I'm like, okay, well, I'll bring out a podcast, I'll make some music, I'll put this out, I'll do that. But actually, it hasn't made me any 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 more creative, and that, which is strange because, I mean, it feels odd even asking how you are during these times because I think it's a real strange time at the moment. It's exhausting, it's been heartbreaking and it feels like socially and around the world everything is kind of coming to a head with everything to do with covid mm. the death of george floyd everything's coming to the surface like we're now being forced to acknowledge what is going on and people will be struggling with their mental health and the extremes of everything that's going on mm. how has this all affected you as as a black woman how has this affected you in recent times um it's been strange because like it's not really affected me personally a lot, but it has really affected my like family, like mm. my household family. Yeah. But in like a really amazing way. Um, we, me and my sister have always been like kind of <clears throat> um, up to date with what's going on, like socially, um, with the Black Lives Matter movement, but also like other social justice issues. Yeah. Um, and so is my dad, but my mum was kind of not really aware of what was going on. Like, obviously, she's married to a black man. Yeah. She has two mixed-race kids. But she never really understood... Not that she didn't want to, but she just kind of didn't understand... Well, because as well, there's, there's that argument that we've... I've spoken about this recently, that as much as we want to understand we and we want to help, there's obviously there's that element that we just never will. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Um, and obviously, they kind of experienced, like... A few things when they were first together as a couple in the UK yeah. and in the Gambia where they were when they first met um, but like not to this extreme so my mum has been amazing and she's doing all of this research yeah. um, and she's like become a social justice warrior <laughs> That's um, amazing. she's like really pushing herself mm. especially with like her reading she's like reading me and white supremacy and white fragility and all of those yeah. books that are like she's kind of you know it's upsetting for her to like read through these things and realize that she's not been aware of how i think been. i think it's like now is the time more than ever to educate ourselves and it actually <clears throat> shocked me in in a way that i i realized much like what you've just said about your mum I've always, because I've always considered myself anti-racist mm. and I've, you know, I've always surrounded myself with, uh, because I'm in the arts, I'm constantly surrounded by black people, gay people, people from all different backgrounds. So it's never something that I've even considered. So I know that I've, I've always considered myself anti-racist, but up until now, I realised that I hadn't felt that level of outrage until recent times. And that actually made me feel a bit guilty, yeah. in a way. And I, and I can imagine now, now is the time, like, like you said about your mum, is, is the time to really educate and listen. Mm. Uh, I think it's, if this has taught us anything, it's that we, we have to find a way to turn our anger and our outrage and despair into actual change rather yeah. than 
because we've seen loads of people posting the black square on social media yeah. and you know I, I, I'll be honest I did that I did it too and, and then I deleted it because yeah. I was like I don't know but actually I'm black so I don't know what I'm meant to be doing yeah. um, and actually like even for me it's been really difficult because I don't know what to do mm. like I'm not the one that should be educating people but I feel like a certain responsibility to be like you know, saying stuff on my social media is because I've got such a, like, a pretty big platform. Yeah. So, but I also, I'm the worst at speaking to anyone about anything. I don't know much about things. Right. Um, I, I, I saw some of the things you were posting on your story that I loved about, about doing your bit and supporting the Black Lives Matter movement whilst in isolation if you mm. can't get to a process. Because you made, like, a, a banner, is that yeah. right? I, I made, like, a, a uh, what's it called? Like, a... Just a uh, what sign. is that called? Like I can't a sign. remember. It's like a, a sign that you take to a process. Yeah. So <laughs> I made one of those and I put it in my window. It's still there. Um, I'm just going to keep it there until like maybe I can go to a protest and I'll take it with me and I'll put it back in my window. Because so. it's easy to say, oh, well, I, I can't, I, you know, we've got excuses to not go to protests yeah. at the moment. Not that of we course. should find excuses, but yeah. we have got them. And there might be many reasons why people can't get to a process. Maybe they're shielding or, have, or live with someone. But that's no excuse to to not do to not do anything. And now's the time, like who like making those active changes. I've written down like things that I was just thinking about the other day. Who are you inviting into your home? Are you challenging the racist conversations? Are you checking in with your black friends? Which is something that a lot of my black friends have, that have posted have said. A lot of black people will be grieving right now mm. and are exhausted with with everything that's going on. And are yeah. you checking in with your black friends? Are you listening? And are you educating yourselves in the right way? Because there were going to be... I feel, as a white woman, this has affected me. So I can't even imagine how this has affected black people all over the world. Yeah. Um, and, we've, and this podcast is primarily about mental health. Mm. And yeah, I, I've got loads of people scheduled to talk about how this has negatively affected their mental health. But did, did, have you felt like that air... Uh, that sense in your family like you said it's affected your family yeah um uh i know that it's well, it's affected my dad my dad's like really involved with the community yeah um and he's kind of lost a few friends <laughs> which is, i thought was really awful well your dad i saw your dad has posted a lot of really positive stuff on social media he, and he's got quite a lot of backlash on them, he has. which is surprising uh, well it's not surprising it's it, doesn't, not surprising. <laughs> it doesn't actually surprise no, me no. I, was, I was really scared to put that poster up in my window because I was like people going to throw eggs at our house yeah. people are going to come to the front door and like do I don't know I'm scared but um, like nothing happened thankfully but yeah lots of people I don't really get it I don't get I it don't. at all like I don't really know what the argument is with racism no I, I don't <laughs> I don't understand like what yeah where is the what are we arguing over no, I don't. equality because I'm I'm going to struggle with that and being from like a Christian family I still go to church I'm a Christian mm. and stuff I don't understand that <laughs> I don't know it's so funny like people from our, our the old churches that we've been to um not in our community currently, actually, which has been really amazing, but like old pastors and yeah. like people that we knew and that we were close with, just don't. I don't. I don't understand how they could be so. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like what not like closed off to certain parts closed of off, it. Like yeah. completely closed off uh, to equality yeah. of people and like. 
we were close with people. So what did they actually think of us when we were in their arms? Right. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't really get it. Yeah, and it, that's and it kind of made me, oh, it made me really angry, and I felt really like sad. For, sorry for my dad. Like he's really, he really wants to make a change, in, especially mm. in this community. Um, and he's lived in this community for twenty one years now, twenty two years. Um, and like he just he loves it. So just for people to not be accepting him, yeah. I mean, obviously he's experienced other stuff like throughout the years, but like just, yeah, it's just, it, I, I literally don't get it, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know, there's not really like a final Yeah, literally lost the words there. and stuff like that. I can, yeah. So we've done, like I said, this podcast is primarily about mental health. And whilst I haven't always got guests on who are, you know, we did an episode last week with Rob who openly says he's never really massively struggled with mental health issues, but through circumstances of him growing up gay, he certainly suffered off the back of that, of not living at times to, it, to being his true authentic self. And we've said before, like how music, I, I always say that music has really saved my life in many ways. Do you remember that moment where you realised that music was that for you? Do you, remember, do you remember a specific time in your life where you were like, okay, now I understand that music is that release for me? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> is it um, that gradual thing? It was a very gradual thing. I mean, like, I've always been involved with the arts and like, when I got to secondary school, I, that's when I kind of started to get involved with music more. I just kind of love it. Mm. Um, and it's not like, because I'm good at singing or because I can like make a beat or because I can put chords together. It's just like, when I do it, I'm like, this it's is- more than that. It's like liberating. And there's like so many studies to show that music will, it factually, music does cause the brain to create dopamine. So that's why we naturally feel good if we're singing or dancing or, or, or making music. And like you said, it's not about necessarily even if you're someone who's not necessarily musical mm. and you're not that talented with it, a lot of a lot of the time people t turn to music. That's why we always listen to sad songs yeah. when we're in the middle of a breakup. <laughs> it's like just part of what we do. Um, but now the reason I asked you that is because I was listening to a podcast the other day, uh, Happy Place by Fern Cotton. I really love her podcast. And she was talking to Alicia Keys. And Alicia Keys was explaining that actually she'd, growing up she'd never been like really passionate about playing piano or, or really loved music it was something that she liked but it was it was like you said like a bit of a gradual love and then she remembered being 13 and she went to go, go and see Philadelphia the film with Tom Hanks in it and it was close to a time where her granddad had passed away and for the first time ever she came home and sat at the piano out of choice not because her parents were telling her to but because she was like oh I get it now this is where I can go to express how I feel uh, like you said before you go to church I know that your faith is incredibly important to you too does that affect your writing style or, or when you go to music because lyrically we hear that through some of your stuff yeah it, it does um, but I still try and be like as honest as I can in my music so yeah. like sometimes it, this might not even be true but like I feel like people will only feel like they can write, like a Christian writer, they might only feel like they could write about God. Yeah. Um, which I do sometimes, I haven't released anything that's like 
a purely like you know faith related song yeah, but, yeah. Um, but we're just like I I write about whatever I feel I sometimes mm-hmm. I write my songs in like a, the point of view of like talking to God or like maybe just how I'm feeling inside because like I need to just write it down yeah um, yeah and yeah I don't know I, I've kind of started more recently kind of figuring out what my writing style is I have found that like writing has helped me to release things in me that um like were kind of stuck and like caused me to to feel like really sad or like you know anxious or stuff like that so well i definitely think and we always say this on the podcast like with, with with writing in general even if it's doing something that isn't you know making music if it's writing a list or just scribbling something on paper that fi- that physical act of writing something down whether that's on your phone or or with a pen is that's no longer manifesting inside you and then that's outside of your body and then hopefully every time you perform it that gives you that do you have you had that before like yeah like um your song cold water you've had yeah. loads of experience i love that song by the way but you've had loads of experiences recently we're going to touch upon young voices in a bit but where you've been able to sing that and have people singing that back to you yeah. is is that do you relive all of those words again when you when you have that feeling yeah <laughs> oh i don't know um yeah it's just it's crazy because first of all like it kind of is a separate thing people singing back your song to you is like crazy because you kind of just write the songs and you're like even though I know I'm going to perform it and I know that I'm a musician like hearing people sing your song with you as well is just like something else but and knowing that 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 your words that you wrote that were maybe to help you yeah and now maybe doing the same for someone else and it's taken on its whole a whole other story for them exactly yeah. yeah and that song in particular that actually is kind of a, a faith related song yeah it wasn't really it was kind of about anyone that I loved or but like kind of God and I was ri- writing it with just some random people that I was put with in a session at the time right um yeah and we they were like oh we have this idea for a song because sometimes i would go into sessions i'd be like i've no idea i'm just here (laughs) you know and like and then they'd like maybe put forward like a a idea or like a few chords and then we'd like get rolling and with that song we wrote it within like half an hour Mm. um also it was like i think it was the hottest day of 2018 right so we were in this really tiny apartment we were at someone's like home apartment at home studio yeah um and it was it was like so hot so we were like we were just writing about so cold hours. Exactly. Yeah. and like it was really weird how it happened but it was probably the quickest song we've ever written um yeah what i've written with those people and that i've written in general actually but um yeah and it just felt so chill and like i don't know yeah. <laughs> it just it felt so good to sing it and then like singing it at young voices was I don't know it was it was pretty special for me yeah because like obviously my history with young voices um and it was at the o2 arena yeah do you know what let's just go to young voices now oh because i mean i will talk about it for hours yeah so, i mean same it's a fun right so anybody who doesn't know what young voices is rooted you've just you've just 
announced recently that you're mm. going to be doing next year's yes. tour as well. I've got nothing bad to say about Young Voices either. I think it's Never. bloody incredible. Ruti, so for people <laughs> who don't know what Young Voices is, can you just kind of give them a, a rundown of how it works and what it is? So Young Voices is like the biggest children's choir concert series in the world. Yeah. I could be their spokesperson, <laughs> literally. Um, and it was started, it started in 99 um, by a David Lewis. Um, and he, he'd done like big choir things before and he kind of, it's kind of just to get kids involved with the arts at an early age. Mm. It's all primary school choirs um, and like, yeah, from reception to like year six age group, I think. I think yeah. there's a few older people and basically, yeah, they get special guests in every year to um, join the kids and sing with the kids. Um, and it's just, it's so wonderful. It's like so pure <laughs> and wholesome. There's nothing. Yeah, it's, it's electric. Ah. So basically, and it's, it's quite funny because me and Ruti are sitting here now talking about Young Voices, but actually we both come at it from two different angles. So it's for people who, because outside of the podcast and the spoken word stuff, I'm, I'm a music teacher as well. So I often take the kids that I teach to Young Voices and we have done for five years now, I think. Um, so there are loads of songs for us to learn. We get there, we perform them on the day and it's like rehearsing through the day. And then the atmosphere in the evening is just, you, you imagine like you're, you're five, six years old because you can be that young and, and do Young Voices, being six years old and there's how many people there? Like, well, at the O2, there's 8,000 kids. Yeah, 8,000 kids. It's like 23,000 people. Yeah, so 23,000 capacity, <laughs> and you're singing with celebrities on stage. If you are a teacher, and this isn't something you're doing, I would get on this opportunity. Registration... I'm actually <laughs> selling it now. Registration is still open, because I checked the other day. Uh, it's like 80 quid or so, but you literally cannot put a price on how much these kids love it. They get a T-shirt, they perform... Um, all of these songs with celebrities on stage parents can come and watch and we do it every year it's, it's brilliant and it it's really amazing. boosts confidence uh, just the general morale and, and the positive mental health surrounding the whole thing even just the build up to it the excitement of when all the lights switch off and oh, they've all got their torches <laughs> and all stuff like that anyway I'm rambling but I was there with the, with the children and I knew that Ruti was doing it and I dropped Ruti a message and, and she was performing um, but you came out and sang your songs, and you yeah. so you did the O2 Arena, you did like Sheffield Arena, yeah, Manchester, Birmingham, and Wembley. Yeah, and yeah, and you had like eight thousand people, and that's just the children alone, without you know audience members singing along to your song. So I can yeah. only imagine what that felt like. Yeah, it was. Well, I don't. I don't know how to describe it at all, and especially because I did Young Voices when I was in primary school. Right. Yeah. The thought of like my younger self kind of seeing where I got to. Yeah, that must have been emotional. <laughs> it like. was, I was, I think the first day of being at the O2, because we did seven nights at yeah. the O2, um, I think I just cried <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, I remember getting out of the coach, waiting for ages until like David Lawrence came on and then we all started yeah. singing through the stuff and like Beverly Knight was one of the special guests and Amazing. Lee Ryan from Blue. <laughs> and yeah and I just remember sitting there and being like I didn't even know that I wanted to be a singer mm. but I knew that I wanted to be on the stage on the stage doing something and I 
I did think at that time, like, oh, if I could come back as a special guest when I'm older, that would be amazing yeah. and stuff like that. And then, I don't know, it was like, it's been 13 years since that. And the, I kind of owed it to my younger self to, yeah. to be there and yeah, yeah, yeah. to come back as a guest. And, but I'm like, I don't know, it's just, it was incredible. And like, just hanging out with everyone as well backstage, working with that band, was mm, one of the best the band things. the band are amazing they're amazing and yeah i just can't i can't believe that they asked me to come back next year it's yeah, their 25th brilliant. anniversary so they and thought, yeah so it's going to be a big one as yeah, well yeah and they they kind of um think that i'm like part of their journey part of their journey as yeah. well as part of my and what's, journey and what's lovely about it is that because of the because of the time you know we've we haven't had any live concerts this year really so hopefully by the time that comes around and, and the feeling that most people wouldn't wouldn't have been surrounded by live music and mm. I think that's going to be an amazing moment for everyone involved. Uh, right, so we've got we've got to touch upon it and I'm really interested to like hear what you've got to say on this. So obviously you won the Voice UK. Yeah. What year, what year was that? 2018. 18, yeah. So you won. That's gone so quick. I know. <laughs> so you won the Voice in 2018. You go from. How old were you when you auditioned? I was, eight, oh, I was 17 when I first auditioned. Yeah. And then by the end of it, I was 18. So you were 17 when you first auditioned, living in Stanford, you hope you're going to uh, college, you're performing at Youth Creation, mm. like your dance and uh, singing school, performing arts school. Then suddenly, within, you know, like an eight-month process, <laughs> you're then duetting with Tom Jones yeah. on the biggest TV show in front of millions. Even as a really super grounded, self-assured person... That's got to be overwhelming, right? Yes. Um, I was very surprised because that was probably one of the calmest... The calmest point I'd been at for a while. Right. So, like, during, like, year 11... Year 10 and 11, yeah. I was very unstable. <laughs> so, when I got to, like, A-levels, I was like, I know that I want to do music. I'm going to do whatever I can to better myself and develop. And, like, the voice wasn't really on my radar at all. I no. wasn't like, oh, yeah, and I'll do the voice and I'll win it and whatever. No, I was just, like, it just, the opportunity came up and I was like, cool, let's just do it for banter. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, that's exactly what I said. Something to do, feel some time. <laughs> you, know, you know what, like, I've, I've got A-levels, but I don't really care, so <laughs> I might as well do this as well. Um, and then, yeah, but actually... It was like by the end of it, I was like frazzled. Mm. <laughs> I was like mm. worn out and exhausted. But I kind of took everything as it came to me, and like it felt like I was meant to be there. Mm. And it, yeah, it just it. I'd never felt so kind of um, assured. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm I'm meant to be here, even though I didn't plan it for myself. I I'm here and like it's happened it's for hap a reason. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We do that element of like performing each week and, and and live performances. Were you nervous? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. That when it got to like the actual time of performance, of course, I was like shaking and stuff. My usual routine is like kind of breathing really deeply and like literally physically shaking yeah. until I like kind of get halfway through the song yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah no it I was surprised at how I coped with it because of 
my experience the couple years before of just being completely anxious all the time yeah kind of not really feeling like I should be a singer I'm still like oh I'm not good enough for this like I don't know what to do a lot of like self-doubt yeah Mm. um and yeah, so it it was kind of a breeze <laughs> for me. And it's odd because sometimes honest. it is that way, isn't it? Like yeah. it can be the huge monumental moments that actually aren't the difficult bits and it can be I get no more no, I get no more nervous. <laughs> That's not a sentence, but <laughs> I am no more nervous if I am on stage talking to 500 people than if I am if someone said to me, now you've got to go in there and there's one person in there and you've got to do a little speech or something, (laughs) I would be the same level of of nervous. And I think nerves do show you really care. I think that's what nerves are, basically. And it's it's using that... But yeah, I I really really feel that feeling that you just said of feeling so nervous before show. I can't talk to anyone before I go on stage. I'm like, do not talk to me. And then when I get off, I'm like, still shaking. Yeah, absolutely. I shake more off after <laughs> I than do. I do before, and like, and like young voices, that's they're massive performances. And before I would like stand on side stage with uh, Urban Stride, shout out to Urban Stride, <laughs> but like yeah, they, um, yeah. they like they're just like getting hyped up because they're dancing. They're not gonna be using their voices. They're, yes, <laughs> they were all like talking to me, and I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like shake some of them because I'm like I can't speak to you right now but I yeah, need to get I've got everything. the adrenaline exactly. but I can't speak yeah um, so I, I was going to say as well I've written a side note here just through that experience of being on The Voice you're very lucky because you've got that an amazing support network in terms of your family am I mm. right in saying that do yeah, you think absolutely. your mum and dad and, and sister were a good support for you during that time yeah they. I think they kind of um they could have been more overpowering, but yeah. they know what I'm like as a person. Right. And, and like, I don't love attention, really. Because you're like, you're, you are an introverted person in an extrovert world. Exactly. Really. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the best way to describe it. Mm. And like, but they were like, just there. And like, if you need us, call us. Um, we know you're going to be busy, so don't worry about calling us every day and putting that stress on you. Um, but they, they show up to every performance um and yeah and like if we want if i wanted to talk about it i would talk about it if i didn't want to talk about it they wouldn't like push me to talk about it obviously they'd ask questions yeah how was it how was the rehearsal or stuff like that um what did tom say and stuff <laughs> but like it was never it never felt like they were forcing like the voice stuff on me of course and but also like making it a massive deal when I was also going through A-level and stuff like yeah. that, if you know what I mean. It was just very good. <laughs> it was. How um, do you, like, how do you, because, I mean, there's no, there, I don't think there's any, if we had the answer to this, everyone would, would be doing it, but how do you think you've managed to turn anxiety and self-doubt and worry and and feeling down on yourself into more of a positive yes I deserve this yes this is what I should be doing Um, how have you found that within yourself do you think I'm not really sure but there was the there was like not a moment but that I could I can feel the change yes like I think 
possibly I was like that because of, I was doing my GCSEs at the time. So I was, I did a lot of GCSEs for mm. maybe no reason, but yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> um, but so I, I was doing stuff that I didn't care about, um, but I, I had to do good in them. So I was like, when I was failing at them, I was like, Right. This I'm not good at anything and I can't do this and I don't know how I'm going to get a job and I like you know there was I was doing quite badly at a lot of things and there right. was only a few things that I was doing well at so it made me feel like I was failing ultimately and yeah. I wasn't going to do well at anything so I think once I like got to A-levels and everything was refined into into something yeah, yeah. into the arts and drama I did drama and I did history for a bit, but then I realised like I don't need to do history, and my t my teachers understood that as well. Yeah, I think they knew like music was the main thing. So, like once I kind of got to refine all my attention onto it, I started to develop mu like musically. Yeah. But and then I realised like I am good at this. Like I am. I actually like how I sound. Yeah. I can bear to listen to recordings <laughs> of myself now. Um, and I have ideas and I feel creative and I feel free in this. So it was kind of not really something within me. It was like physically not having to focus on... You were suddenly living your truth. Exactly. Than, yeah. <laughs> and I think that a lot of the time, we've, we've spoken about this before in other episodes, even though it's a completely different subject, about, we was talking about ADHD and stuff like that, but we were saying about a lot of that self-doubt and a lot of that feeling like um, that inner hatred for yourself and that anxiety is lost the minute you start tapping into the things that you are good at rather than focusing on all the things you are not good at. Yeah. The moment you say, okay, this is, okay, I might not be good at this, this and this, I might have failed at this, this and this, but this has only led me to here mm -hmm. and I'm bloody brilliant at this and yeah. this is what I as soon as you tap into the thing that makes you tick the thing yeah. that makes your heart sing that's when you I, th I think you flourish into the person that you're supposed to be yeah. if I that makes sense I think like it's basically exactly what you said but from my because because my faith is really important to me from yeah. my perspective it was like I'm now I'm like now have, I'm, I'm like in line with my purpose. Yes. Yeah. That I can actually, it feels more natural. Even though like, you know, you're in line with your purpose, but things are gonna go wrong and you're yeah. gonna have days where you're like, I can't even sing or something like mm. that. But I felt like, I felt like God had put me in a specific place and yeah. that I was meant to be there and I was getting that confirmation. And now I just had to trust that this is the road yeah. and that, I'm just going to, like, ride it, basically. Another thing that I'd written down is that, because I was going to tap into the social media side of things, because mm. obviously when, you, when you're when on a platform like The Voice, or, and even Young Voices, like, mm. you, you gather momentum and, and more people start to realise who you are and you get more fans. So you go from, like, having, a, you know, a couple of hundred followers to then all of a sudden now you're on a platform of, like, 30-odd thousand followers. Yeah. And you must get people all the time saying, like, when's new music coming? When's this happening? When's this happening? And that's a hell of a lot of pressure, especially when you're like, okay, well, one second, let me... Let me just breathe You know, first. it's coming. Yeah. Have you ever... I know you've had a lot of that, but have you ever experienced any sort of, like, trolling or hatred online or anything negative through being on, on social platforms? 
Um, I didn't really receive anything, and or obviously until the void. So that makes sense because yeah. like national TV and whatnot. But um, like I remember when I first was shown on the television, yeah. there was like a few comments about how I sounded, and right. I didn't really mind because I was I was nervous. That's probably the most nervous I've ever been. That performance, like just the turny chair bit. Yeah, your actual, <laughs> but your actual blind audition. Yeah. Yeah. That that was very nerve wracking. But like, people were commenting like, "Oh, she's," I don't know, I don't know. Like, some of them were like from vocal coaches that aren't even part of the show. That like, were like, really "Oh, well. she really needs to open up her voice or like really oh, needs to open right, up her okay. lungs and stuff." And I was like, "Okay, cool." I'm. Um, <laughs> but then there was like one comment I remember that just like really hit me of, it was actually a, just a racist comment mm. it was nothing to do with my voice and I don't know why that effect, it affected me so much mm. um, but it's the only one that I've ever really that's re really stood out but then like after the voice every <laughs> most comments that were like trolling me were like Danelle should have won you don't deserve this right. you're not good Danelle should have won and I was like oh my gosh like I don't know what to do constantly comparing you to the yeah. person you were up and against like, in the final right me and Danelle are completely different and I so think so different <laughs> we're so different and he's great at what he does like he's amazing performer um and artist and like I am not him <laughs> no so um but I was so self-conscious about that that like for the the year yeah. before I released Racing Cars I was like constantly looking at what he was doing yeah. and seeing like, oh, he, he's released a single. I haven't released anything yet and I don't know what to do and like trying to talk to the label about it. I couldn't really talk to the label about it because I didn't ever form like a very strong connection with the label or the management at that right. point, um, which is kind of just what comes with the, the voice, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, it happened. And so like, yeah, it just... And it is really, it, it is hard. really hard. With, <laughs> I've experienced some, like some online abuse quite recently in in recent months, and it is impossible to be able to say, "I'm not going to let that affect Affected, me." Yeah. They're just words, which really they are just words, and 99% of the time, there's very little truth in it. And mm. I can I can guarantee right now, there's a the people who were trolling me and and and. Uh, a certain someone in particular who's had a lot about to say about me online negative stuff I can guarantee you they're probably listening to this <laughs> and are probably you know keeping an eye on me yeah. and actually very active in probably do enjoy what I do and a lot of what it comes from for you I can imagine is yeah. a lot of jealousy and they can't think of anything to say so they find anything yeah literally clutching at straws and like now I've realised like you know, it, it caused, it was a problem with my mindset as well because I was looking too much about what other people were doing. Yeah. And actually, they were doing great things and that's amazing. And but they're I, not I, doing what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, I'm doing yeah. something completely different. Um, and why can't I just, like, you know, be happy alongside them and then, like, lift each other up and stuff yeah. like that? I, I, was I would never have said anything mean to anyone else because. I see what they're doing and I see that it's amazing so like but it just kind of it it was taking my focus off of what I was doing so like yeah yeah I've kind of learned from that but also 
like I realise like those people are like seeking out my social media. They're going through a lot of effort yeah. to comment like on my <laughs> live stop like my live streams. Why are you watching my live stream if you don't yeah, like clearly what I you, do? Clearly you care. Exactly. Clearly you are invested in my life. And like there was one comment on a live stream that was like really stupid and I did look at their page. They weren't even following me, so that means they had like they typed searched your name my in. name yeah. in and like purposely watched it it didn't really make any sense so actually i realized that trolls are kind of you know it's, it's they exist they're gonna be there yeah, <laughs> yeah. i've just a few months ago about four or five months ago i just decided no more of this i'm switching off from all of that yeah. but it is really hard to not let that affect you of course it, it is. is uh I am talking to you, that I'm glad we're doing this podcast now because I'm talking to you at a pretty exciting time. Mm. We've spoken about new music and how people must be asking you. We know you're now going on, on tour with Young Voices again, yeah. which is incredible. But also, you've got a new single coming out, is that right? I have. Fantastic. Yeah. Do you know what? <laughs> I feel like we should do that clap again, Isabel. I say Isabel, people don't know who Isabel is. Isabel, Isabel produces this, but... We did this last week where Rob said something excited, then we clapped, and then we like, this sounds really depressing, just three people <laughs> clapping in an echoey room. But let's do it anyway. There we go. Cool. So, but Ruthie's got new music coming out. So is this something you've done during lockdown, or has this been a long time coming? Tell me as much oh, as you can about okay. it. What is it called? Can, we, can you say what it's called? I can say what it's called. You Don't know what it. it's called. It's called Closer to You, and I performed it Love on that. Young Voices Tour. On the Young Voices Tour. Love that. Um... Um, it has been a long time coming. I think I wrote this song about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, but it was so. It was while I was with the it, while I was with management from the Voice. Yeah. Um, they, it, it's very confusing. I don't really want to go into the contract. But like it was it was a it was a, a deal that I got after the Voice, and then after Racing Cars came out, uh, I was dropped by the label, and then I moved. I moved. I parted ways <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with the management, which was best for both of us, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I, over the past year and a bit, I've been getting a new team together. So I've got a new manager, manager, <laughs> manager <laughs> called Mark. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. I got a new manager and I've got, like, new everything. Um, and I'm working with a label, which is really exciting. Um, and so, yeah. All this music has been written over the past year. Yeah. Um, I've even written a song of my own that's going to be released soon as well, Brilliant. which is like it, not produced by me, although I like produced it um, on my own and then like gave it to someone and they yeah. like really made it the best that it could be. Um, but I wrote it on my own, which is really exciting. No, I didn't write Closer to You on my own. I'm talking about something else. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but Closer to You... Yeah, it's been a long time, um, and it's, I've, I love this song, like, it's one of my favourite songs that I've ever written, it's not anything, like, super deep, as yeah. well, it's, like, really light-hearted, it makes me feel really great singing it, and, like, kind of... It's got a great vibe, it. like, yeah. it's, um, you were, you were, there was choreography, you were dancing yeah. to this one, yeah, so it's a, that was, yeah, it's a great track. Yeah, and it's kind of, um, it's a little bit summery, it kind of... It just—it's a feel-good track, and I'm really excited to um, release it. But then we have like plans for the next few releases as well, Brilliant. up until the end of the year, um, and hopefully next year I will release an album. 
amazing. So when is the release date for Closer to You? Do you know that? Or? <laughs> We've had um, several different dates. So yeah. I don't have an exact date, but it's, it's July. It's coming out Fantastic. in July for sure. Brilliant. Like, and are we in July now? Where are we? Let me check this. We're in June still. 28th of June, <laughs> we're, we're recording this. So July, very soon. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm excited for that. When, lastly, Ruthie, when lockdown is over, will you be doing the live thing? Will you oh, be going yeah. back to live music? And, and have you missed that? I've missed it so much. Um, today I was like watching Glastonbury highlights. Yeah, I was, I was doing that last night. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I just can't wait to be on the stage. I don't even like attention that much but I love like kind of being on the stage and like interacting with the audience and just performing for people just makes me so happy so I just can't wait I had some performances like planned this year but obviously because of lockdown they yeah. all got cancelled um so hopefully also once next lockdown's finished like I'll finally do my headline tour as well for the UK so I'm just so excited about everything yeah but lockdown like you said at the beginning I kind of felt not I feel I felt creative the first couple of weeks and then I kind of was like I'm so tired and I haven't moved so I don't know why I'm tired <laughs> um and but I have I've written a few songs during lockdown as well yeah. I've been working on some new stuff as well so like I've had time to be creative but it's diff it's been well this is good because now that I suppose you you'll release closer to you in July. Like there's talks of you know future releases, the albums mm. that will build up and gather momentum, and then bring us hopefully into a much more sociable 2021 where yeah. you can perform live. Yeah. Uh, we'll be there for sure. Thank you so much, Ruthie, for That's coming okay. on. Thanks for having me. Uh, you've been listening to Anchor. Oh, follow. You can follow uh, Ruthie across social media at is it Ruthie Music? At Ruthie Music, yes. Ruthie Music. Thanks very much, Ruthie. Thank See you, you later, guys. See you soon. Bye.